Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. Welcome, Reading Aloud community, to our series on pandemic partnerships. In this series, we'll have conversations with 10 different couples and singles from across the country to dive deeper into how relationships are handling this ongoing global pandemic as we close out our second full year of COVID being a thing in our lives. We hope this series helps you in your own relationships and partnerships during this heavy time. Thanks for listening to the Reading Aloud pandemic partnership series. And as always, if you have any questions, or feedback for Marisol and Adam, please connect with us on social media at Reading Aloud Podcast. Or our email, readingaloudlove at gmail.com. Enjoy. We hit the record button. It's official. It's official. (laughs) What does it mean to be official? Like... (laughs) There was a button and a loud voice. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody else told me that it was right. 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 It's like, right. Re- right. That's what recording, that means. Recording in process. <laughs> wow, you do that really well. Well, I was, like, I was gonna say, I kind of feel like mm-hmm. I sounded like our. Yeah. You did. That's great. <laughs> was that me? Did you know that Marisol was went to school for music and was a jazz singer? Do you all know that about? Is me? that real? No. Wow. Wait. What is this? <laughs> well, you just. <laughs> You nailed you nailed the voice. You nailed the voice, and then it just uh, occurred to me that you know not a lot of people know that about because you, you you didn't yeah, take that path does. and whatnot. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was in jazz band, if that's at all helpful. Uh, well, that we would have been rocking and rolling together because you know we didn't sing without the jazz band. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. All right. Well, let's get started. All right. Yeah. Let's get started. So, um, Marcus and Marcia. Welcome to the Reading Aloud podcast. We are so excited to have you all here and to have this conversation with you. And we always kind of open with the the same question. Uh, So for folks, uh, give us your name, um, what you do out in this world, and how you're showing up to this space today. Sure. Uh, Marsha Davis, she, her pronouns. I'm the executive director of Zedic Social Justice Fund. I'm also a racial equity consultant and a mom. Uh, which is a relatively new aspect of my identity. (laughs) And um, what am I bringing today? I am actually on the last day of a few days of vacation from work. I know. So I'm I'm feeling relaxed and also a little, you know, kind of have my brain half in that world, like thinking about, okay, well, how do I need to organize work when I get in there tomorrow? So um, I think as usual, my brain's in a lot of different places. Yeah. Yeah. Will you tell us about Zedic real quick, just so folks know? Sure. Um, it's a place-based uh, family foundation here in Asheville, North Carolina, and we focus on redistributing money, power, and resources to support systems change and community healing in Asheville. Um, and we focus on funding uh, work in the areas of racial justice, LGBTQ plus justice, and combating anti-Semitism. Yes, right. Amen. Nailed it. <laughs> Did they have you on there? There's a pitch, right? So <laughs> the, ED, the ED should probably have the mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was curious if they had you on the the official commercial, like the <laughs> official being the important part of this since we were going on. Right, right. <laughs> she is the official commercial. <laughs> uh, my name is Marcus Davis. Um, I am a, a he, him, his pronouns. Um, I'm an IT manager for Patrick J. McGovern Foundation based out of Boston. Um, we are basically a nonprofit giving uh, money for organizations to start to build out their IT uh, networks, you know, nonprofits, um, and start to use some of the technologies that are out of reach for a lot of those folks. On the side, I'm just a computer nerd. And uh, how am I showing up today? Uh, I am the day out from my day off. Yesterday was my last day off. So I am in full work mode today. Uh, And so as soon as we're done with this, I will be running on to the next day. (laughs) Well, thank you for taking time out of your day. And you win the award for coolest computer chair that has been won. So if folks get to see the video, they get to see Marcus's like Formula One computer chair there. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is is the one being retired. 
I have a new one that I got for Christmas that I have not yet had time to put together. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're getting an upgrade. Okay, Patreon folks, you need to see this chair before it goes away. Well, they don't see they don't see my chair because you're literally in the nice office chair and I'm currently sitting on a stool. <laughs> I feel like there's always one person in the relationship who ends up having to take the stool and that that is right. So, so Marcus has got the like amazing chair, you know, and I'm on the side. It's all right. It's, it's just so inspiring to see the work that both of you do. And now we're basically ending year two of the pandemic. After two years of this pandemic, what what aspect of the pandemic has had the most impactful relation or impact on your relationship? Yeah. Yeah. What aspect of the pandemic has had the most impactful? Oh, I cannot get it out. That's OK, boo. Um, so I'll ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. No, I mean, Adam, I know you're doing this to help us feel like at ease and at home. So I feel really good about that. I do too. That's good modeling. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, yeah, I mean, we are, we're curious about what element of the pandemic has been most impactful to your relationship. Our pandemic experience has been intense. I mean, I think prior to the pandemic starting, we actually have, were essentially in quarantine since like August from 2019 because... Yeah. Uh, my mother actually moved in with us and she was she was really ill and really just could not be in public. So um, we did a lot of growing up in the pandemic. Like we started this out as two people who basically just spent our time chilling on couches and doing whatever it was that we wanted, whenever we wanted. Um, and on this side of it, we are grownups. <laughs> like, right. And I don't really have another, like, I feel I, fully grown up and uh, it's it's a lot. Yeah, I think there's something about, I'm trying to figure out what that fully grown up feeling is, right? I mean, Marcus is in his late 30s, I'm 40. And so it's not as though we weren't adults before, but I think there was this sense of, oh, we're, we're, we're the last last resort, really, um, that there isn't anyone else who's going to come along and save us. And I think that's partly mm. because of the transition we were already going through in the end of 2019 with his mom. I think there's something about caretaking for a parent that already kind of puts you in that mode of, oh, wow, there isn't like this parental force in the back who's going to be this advice giver. You, you just kind of need to figure it out. So we were already in that mode. And then March 2020 hit. And um, we were watching, I think, our entire community go into that mode and kind of hunker down. And I think, you know, besides the intensity, what became really clear to me, at least, is is how much I can trust the relationship that we've built together. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, if the apocalypse is going to come, he's my apocalypse buddy. And right. That was always theoretical. <laughs> we had toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> And then you got to put it into practice. Yes, yes. You know, making sure like we had hand sanitizers and all. And and he was watching the news. So like often was making like, you know, we were often having conversations as a family a week before it was like hitting mainstream news. Um, So we were kind of uh, watching the cases rise and and making decisions about staying home and and pulling um, Faith at the time out of out of the adult care um, facility she was in. Mm-hmm. Or, or going to during the day, in part because we wanted to make sure she wasn't catching this new, this new thing that was coming around that we just didn't know anything about. So it was one of those things. Um, I think we're both sci-fi geeks, and so we we read a lot of like oh, science yeah. fiction oh, yeah. right, around like um, post-apocalyptic End of the world. Futures, right. <laughs> yeah. And so in our mind, we're like, wait a minute, is this is is this a Hunger Games moment? Like what? Or is this a uh, I don't know World War Z or Parable of the Sower moment? Like. <laughs> Um, but it, it was just really, um, you know, so because we love and enjoy that fiction, we would talk about it all the time, um, like, and wonder what kind of people we'd be in that moment. And I think one of the things that became clear is like, wow, we're really good at planning together, I think, for for crisis. And and I feel like I can lean into him in ways that, that not that I didn't feel like I could before, but I didn't actually need to test. We, we didn't need it. Do you know, yeah. your, do you know your Enneagram numbers? I ask this question often. It's it's because I just hear planner and like, I don't know. I'm like wondering if Marcus is a six. Um, I assigned us numbers once. Did we remember that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not somebody that 
you would call a planner in my day to day. I hate my calendar. Like she had to like beat me into using a calendar for the family. Uh-huh. It took almost five years to get me to do it. But I will say my mom was, um, she was in the military. And so one of the things that we did a lot when I was a kid is like, she was always ready for an emergency. We, we always had a go bag. We always knew. I mean, from the time I was like six. So I she's a six on take. the Enneagram. She probably was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I knew the route that I would take to get to my grandparents' house in Texas from California. Oh, wow. So like, oh, wow. we were very, like, when it came to emergencies, like, that that part of me is is very tuned into the planning piece. So, yeah, well, that's really interesting because, you know, I think for many people, of course, it felt very upending. And I'm not saying it wasn't upending for you all, too. But I think that, you know, having the, the two things I'm hearing having explored the potential of a post-apocalyptic world through the sci-fi, through your interest in sci-fi, and also having that strong foundation in your relationship did give you a baseline preparedness or even just a sense of how you might react in a situation like this, that so many of us were walking through the world being like, well, that's never going to happen or denying that it could ever happen and or the pandemic highlighted that the relationship itself was just not that uh, foundationally sound. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, I'm not saying you had it easy. I don't think anybody really did. I, I, but I, I I think that's good. I mean, this is what I want to talk about. It's like, what's, what, what were the strengths and what were the struggles? I don't want to give off the impression that we were like preppers, <laughs> right? But like, I think what was real is like our relationship had gone through some stress, right? I mean, we, you know, made a move from New York City to, to Asheville kind of on a whim. Um, so like the idea that our relationship can hold us planning things that that seem vague um, and unknown, and unknown yeah. right? I think I think we can handle unknown and uncertainty really well together. And the pandemic certainly uh, threw a lot of the unknown at us. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you know that's one thing that uh, for the for the pandemic partnership series, and that's one thing I found has really come out in that relationships that have navigated difficult times or or struggle or something where you know there was a, as you just said, Money Soul, there was a foundation there that that really supported the relationship through the pandemic, because let's be clear, it was very difficult. And it was very difficult to, um, for all of us to kind of figure out what to do next and, and what was appropriate and our, our risk analysis and what we were comfortable with. And um, things all of a sudden became very scary. But like, it just, it's a, a takeaway that I'm getting from this series is the importance of navigating struggle within a relationship so that when something like a pandemic or, or like a big event happens in your lives, you have precedence for that. And you have kind of those relationship style systems that are built to where you, you can communicate and you can navigate through it. Yeah. I am super interested in hearing about baby. Like the time, like I want to hear about the timeline and how this all interfaced. I mean, everybody knows that we chose via IVF to get pregnant after the pandemic started. And once it had clearly decided it was going to stay and we still made that choice and there was so much to it that we did not, well, we just didn't expect it to last so long, the pandemic. And I, I have no other experience, but I can't underestimate the impact of being so isolated while being a first time parent. So I'm curious to hear about baby. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just like, where do we start? <laughs> I mean, it's, very, yeah, it's, it's very tied up in all of this. The pandemic timeline was intense. Yes. Uh, so to, to quickly go over the beginning of it. Um, so we we knew that we were going to adopt a baby for a very long time, I think, since our first date. Um, so so that was always in the plan. And before the pandemic and before mom moved in, we were very much on the journey of you know finding a, a place to work with and getting the funds and all of that stuff together. Um, and at the beginning of the pandemic, we got a phone call from the agency that we had been working with, and they essentially were like, uh, we're not doing across state adoptions anymore. So, you know, you're gonna need to find another agency, which if you've never done this, it's a whole thing. And I think for us, we like looked at each other and we're like, well, you know what, this pandemic thing's happening. We have no idea how to parent in this, you know, our parents are doing what they're doing. Like, you know, let's just pause. We'll just pause, see what happens on the other side of this. I got pretty sick for a while and then uh, my dad passed away. And I think in the middle of that, like, like 
literally <laughs> like two weeks out of out of this process and and um and, and keeping in mind we're also still caring for his for his mother who has dementia and, and late stage renal failure right she's on dialysis um we get a phone call literally actually not even a uh, um, it was a text message from the agency saying like hey can you just check we have a situation and i'm, I'm thinking to myself I, I just don't completely understand what situation this can be but i call her back and she says, well, this is this was where your place in line would have been if you were still working with us. There's a baby perfectly ready, wonderfully healthy, <laughs> ready for you. Oh and I mean, I am on the edge. Of, I, people are on the edge of their seats right now. This is an incredible story. So it was wild because I literally remember myself walking to the bedroom about to take a nap. Right. Like, literally. No, oh, no. Wait, hold on. Life. Hold on. I was going <laughs> to. No, no. And then you realized that you were never going to nap again for the rest of your life. I mean, if I had known, I think I would have taken that nap differently. Take I don't even nap. know. Yeah. I mean, but it was one of those things where it was like, this is the last moment of me being a free and wild adult. And, um, you know, in this relationship with this person who I love and adore, but like, you know, it's, it's been him and me against the world. And now all of a sudden there's this, there's this text about a baby coming in and, and she gave us a few hours to decide. She was like, let us know. <laughs> So wait, so I, I, I'm going to pause you right here, Marcia, just to recap, because because this is a lot, y'all. This is a lot. So the pandemic has started. All that goes on with that. Everybody's familiar. You're living with Marcus's mother, who is on dialysis, essentially. You were just ex- incredibly sick, Marcus, which as we you know, that that's a that's a whole thing. And your father passed away. And then the adoption agency essentially like sends you a text message or slides into your DMs and says, we have a baby ready for you. I mean, y'all, that is a lot. It, it, it was a lot. But it was one of those moments where we looked at each other and we're like, um, I, I think we couldn't imagine saying no to a baby. I mean, we have just been wanting to be parents forever. I mean, for context, I think... Um, I'm, I'm an intense person when, uh, as a, as a, as someone, if you're dating me. And so when we were first dating, I like did 20 questions, like, tell me about your purpose in life. Where not do you want to be? Questions, not not like, what's your favorite color? Like, <laughs> what's your five-year plan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of I mean, and, and, um, and one of the things that Mark, you know, this is how he won me over. Marcus says, um, I'm like, well, what do you think your purpose is in life? And he's like, to be a father. Um, and it was just, I know, right? I mean, Mary, no, y'all, hold on. If it was not real, I I just, I mean, I I lucked out because his answer was real, but also that's a great line, I think. I I feel like we need to take a moment of silence for people to cry. I feel like people got the tears and they're just like, I mean, these are powerful things. So let's, let's, let's actually take a pause. So I just want our reading aloud community to understand that you are literally in the presence of some really incredible people right now. So as you listen to this story, understand that their lives are full of miracles, full of struggle, full of hope, full of change, full of drive and passion. And so, you know, turn up the volume, get off your phone, quit playing Candy Crush and listen deeply because this is going to be cool to, to hear this story. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, to like add a little context to that, like uh, I, I am transgender. I, you know, was born a woman in this world, or I guess a girl in this world um, and transitioned, you know, in my 20s. But I knew from early on who I was. And I've known since, gosh, since I was in elementary school that all I wanted to be was a dad, which didn't make a lot of sense in elementary school. But <laughs> over time has definitely um, really been really clear to me that that is a call, a calling of mine. I think that's the thing that I'm like learning about myself lately is that we don't have just one calling. Like we have, we contain multitudes and, um, you know, I, I, I'm a dad and I love it. It's magical. Um, and I'm other things. And it's pretty cool to kind of learn what those other things are now that I've kind of done this one. <laughs> so yeah, just, a, it, it wasn't like a, you know, perfect dude kind of thing. It was just like, I've just known, like I'm supposed to be a dad. Mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that yeah <laughs> yeah. 
it is also a perfect dude kind of thing. I, I will say that. I, I that, that's how I'm experiencing <laughs> it. That's how it's landing for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think so. So for context for that text message, I mean, that text message was was everything we had been working for, you know, towards in our relationship for a really long time, like from our dating stage. And so the idea that there might be, you know, like the universe is like plop. Here's this here's this beautiful baby who's ready. Um, and completely healthy, needs a family right now. Um, it was, uh, like, I, we sat with that text for, for I would say, five minutes. Five minutes. And then <laughs> we were just like, okay, yeah, because we've been waiting. I mean, this is the thing. Um, yeah. And so we said yes, um, immediately went to Target and bought everything uh-huh. they might have on baby, like baby things. I like bought an audio book on like what to expect. Like oh literally were, like reading about, like listening about, uh, I guess to, to information about um, bottle feeding and diaper changes and, and all of that um, on the way to Pennsylvania where this agency was. From and- Asheville. Yes, from Asheville. So like we literally that night got everything we need from Target. We were ready in the morning to leave because they needed to finalize, um, get mom's final birth mom's final uh, permission. And we were in the car waiting for the call for when they got the final like go ahead from birth mom, literally to turn the key in the engine when we when we got the phone call. Yeah, we were in the car when we got that text. (laughs) You were you knew it was happening. So you had already started the journey. So just really quickly. So they opened up the across state lines thing, obviously, or they just maybe did it for you because they, it was all divine. And also, um, you may have thought of this or may not, or this may land well or not, but is there any sense of passing of souls like the, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think not just with my dad, um, you know, my, my mom was with us for another month, month and a half. Well, no, Malcolm came to us in July. I think we knew within a month that yeah. um, your mom wanted to stop being on dialysis. And so then we entered into a hospice process for the last bit of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I will say that hands down, um, our son Malcolm is the only reason we survived that process. Yes. Like he was, um, he, kept he kept us going. Like I know that folks will say that it seems like it was a lot to take on a baby at the time, but I don't know that we could have gotten through it if he wasn't there with us. And it would, and there was some magic. I mean, I, I do believe in like ancestors being there to support us in our, in our growth process, but there was something so, I mean, I can't even describe it. And I think might not be able to um, for a long time, but there was something magical in that interaction between um, Faith, Marcus's mom and, and Malcolm for because they got to spend a few months together um, him at the beginning of his life and her at the end of her life. And I have, uh, it was beautiful. It was, I mean, there was, there was communication happening without words. And it's like, you know, we can say these things and if you've not ever experienced it, I, I could totally see people being like, that's crazy. But if you saw it, it, it's so clear that not only did he carry, I think a piece of my dad and that he kept me going. He honestly, he's, the protection piece, it felt like that was there. I actually think there was a lot more of a spiritual connection between my father's passing and me in the hospital. Um, but there was also just this piece of like the strength that my dad had um, that Malcolm kind of like passed on to me, like just kind of holding him, grounded me. Um, and with my mom, it was like, they were just, they were pass- it was almost like they were passing information. Like yeah. she was letting him in on some things that he needed to know to be here. And he was letting her know about some things that she needed to know about the next step. Um, and I, everybody that was involved in, we were, we were very blessed. Um, you know, I was able to take a ton of time off. Marsha was able to take time off. My siblings were able to come here, um, and, and basically be here for about a month with us and mom mm. and Malcolm. And we just, it was a good family time and everybody just watched it happen. It was beautiful. I don't even have any other words for it. <laughs> mm. Y'all that's such a special, special story. Thank you, Neo. Hey, everybody. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? 
That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time. And now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. You know, I'm curious, one of the things that we talk a lot about on the podcast is uh, relationship communication. And as you're going through this experience and all that it contained, what you just described, how are you holding space for, for communication between you two during this time? I think that's a question that's coming up for me and maybe some of the listeners is like, yeah, what, what did communication look like during this time? Or was it just, you know, waking up every day and saying, okay, see, let's see what today brings. And to be clear, we've asked this question quite a few times and particularly with parents because we're taking notes. Yes. <laughs> so say something that will change our lives, please. Thank you. No pressure. Go. Oh, no. I think this is one of the things where, where do I even start? Well, I mean, I, I think it was one of those moments again that I had gotten, I was really grateful that we had put a lot in our relationship bank, right? Like we, the amount of processing we did as a couple from the beginning of time. It's, it's just like, it's, and, and that nauseam, right? Just like processing every possible thing. Um, especially since we had both gotten out of relationships before this one, where we w- thought we were on the marriage train with someone and realized, oh, wow, we are all defining things very differently in terms of like what marriage might mean. And so we've gotten really um, anal in our relationship about like, <laughs> Yeah, we're we're very intense about about about, well, just like defining the language, right? I mean, okay, so when you say marriage, what does that mean? When you say lifelong, what does that mean? When you say values, what does that mean? When and I think we were also lucky to be actually childless for five years. As much as though you know that that hurt, it was like I knew so much about him. So by the time like, and, and I'm saying all of this to say that there was no time for real communication when the baby came around. And with all of these things going on. And so I, we were banking a lot on what we knew about each other's values. I think it was about six months in, though, where we were just like realizing, wait, I don't feel as connected to you as, as I did before. And there's something about like our vibe together that feels off. And it took us a while to figure it out. Um, but realize it was just that we didn't have the same num- amount of time or energy. Yeah. right to to do that deep dive right so every time I noticed him doing something or, or like I had a question about a look on his face or something he said I didn't have the time to sit there and process with him like okay what's going on for you um, especially since he's in the middle of like this this death process with his mom and um, so I think there was a lot of just banking on what I knew about him and our values and conversations we had had and like hoping that how I was showing up in the moment was right. And trusting that like, if it wasn't right, he'd say something at some point, um, which is not, usually we're more proactive about it than that. But like, I, I, there just isn't time and there isn't energy. It, I think it's only now maybe in the last six months that we're like putting new systems in place, kind of like the systems we had when we were first, you know, it was just the two of us. Wait, but those systems Mal- of communication. How how old is Malcolm now? Eighteen months. Eighteen months. Okay, I'm I'm just asking. Seriously, I'm taking notes because I'm like, yeah. you know, I hear so much resonance, and we're big processors too. I mean, we actually have this is our funnel for processing. This has been the best part of the podcast for us is like when we have something, we take it here, we, we deep dive for 25 minutes, and then you know, it's like gives us a space. But you know, I mean, that is, I mean we didn't have those extra layers of the, the, the family passings, you know, like that, you know, we felt like what we had was a lot and in and of itself. And so, and the same thing happened, you know, we woke up six months later being like, wow, quality time is at a minimum. And that is such a value for me. And I, a lot of things have happened and I haven't been able to check them out with you. And 
you know, and then where does that leave us? Like it, it, it disconnected and it's little by little and sometimes it feels big and, um, you know, you start to have a conversation and that's when the baby decides to wake up. And so, you know, I'm hearing 18 months and I'm thinking, okay, because we had practices in place I and mean, we talk about them on the podcast, intention setting, feedback sessions, et cetera. And now we have heart chairs. Yeah. So we haven't done that many, but <laughs> we're going to have heart chairs yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I think that that is where we're at. Like we're, we're trying um, with Neo being, you know, he's approaching a year and we're, we're at this moment where we're recognizing what Muddy Soul just said about the, there's been this disconnection because there, as you said, Marcia, there just hasn't, isn't time. And so we, we are kind of in this process of, you know, we've drawn on that foundation. We've drawn on that well of experience and connection for the past year plus even. And that that's, it feels like it's drying up and we can tell. And so we, we need to, we, we need to put more effort into it. And I think that that's actually where the place where we're at right now, we're, 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 you know, and we have, there's good times, but we, even in the good times, we have to stay focused on, you know, building back that foundation. I think there's also the piece that, you know, that we ran into was realizing on the other side of basically the year mark that we had changed pretty drastically. Mm -hmm. And because we weren't communicating in the same ways that we had been before, we hadn't exactly done it together. So there were all of these bits and pieces. Once he, you know, once Malcolm got to a place where he could kind of communicate a little better, he he's a little bit better playing on his own. He doesn't wake up as often in the middle of the night. Um, We were able to kind of step back and like check in with each other and be like, Oh, Oh no, I'm not totally not into that thing anymore. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm not doing that at all anymore. I started this other whole thing. Yeah. Um, and kind of making time to just reacquaint ourselves with each other has been really valuable, I think, in the last few months. I mean, it, it just it, every couple of months we have to reevaluate and figure out what we need because it's just it's not the same as it was before. We don't have unlimited amounts of time to like feel out each other's whatever's going on and go for long drives and deep yeah. conversations. Yeah. And, and, and part of our well was running dry too. I think part of how we knew that that was happening, at least for me, it was like, um, I I was able to, I I think my ability to to extend grace to you was just, it was disappeared. Right. So like little things like, um, usually if there are things that he does that annoys me or I, or or that I do that annoy him, I think we're kind of like, okay, we totally get it because I'm going to give you grace around this thing. Cause I know you give me grace around this like really crazy thing that I do. And then I got to one moment where I was just like, oh, I need the trash changed. Like, I just cannot deal with this. And it, it, and it just wasn't like me to be that person who was like, oh, you know, damn Marcus and the, the trash. Um, and I had to start asking myself, like, why does the trash bother me now than it, in a way that it didn't bother me before? And it was like kind of this um, clarion call for like the lack of intimacy, intimacy, right? And all of a sudden that I, that I needed to reconnect with him and, and understand like, who are you? Where are you now? Um, to be able to like extend some of that grace. Um, and, and, and I think we've, we've done a really, I mean, I, I feel like we've done a good job of, of creating more space to talk to each other and, and, and reconnect. But I mean, that all was based on like, it's happening on Malcolm's schedule now, not ours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when he's asleep and doesn't need us and things like that. And to, to add to the extending grace piece. I think it's important to name that like, it's not just the trash now, right? Like, yeah, I didn't take out the trash, but because I didn't take out the trash, when Malcolm needed you to throw this thing away so that you could go to this other thing, you couldn't do that. And it threw off your schedule with the kiddo and all of these things. So even just kind of me taking a step back and being like, okay, I'm used to receiving a lot of grace for these things that I do. I need to readjust my my understanding of why these things need to get done at a certain time. And it's 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 just always evolving. Like it's it's something that we have to, actively check in with which also takes energy and time that we don't have um so it's you know my heart goes out to y'all i yeah, <laughs> very thanks. much understand where you are I don't have there's no answer yeah yeah no that 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 i mean i i could reflect on that but adam had a big goofy smile and i know that that means something <laughs> well yeah um marcus i i i just i identified so much with what what I was hearing you're learning around that, around the kind of the, the tasks and the frustration. And I, I've had that too, you know, in our relationship where it's 
it's been a, a learning and a growth edge for me to place smaller behaviors within a bigger context and, um, you know, under, you know, and, and, and putting my kind of flow or direction or, you know, I'm a very kind of single track person. Like I'll get doing something and then I, I do that. And I, I know I got to take out the trash, but like my mind's working and these other five things need to happen. You know, it just comes up with the saying, which is a, a little bit of a mantra that uh, I've had in our relationship and I don't always live up to it, but it's do more than you think you have to because it makes a bigger difference. So I, I just identified with what you were saying there and I appreciate you saying it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Also the, well, for sure around grace. Um, we, you know, I think everybody could use a little more grace, grace for themselves, grace for each other, grace for, you know, I had, these things seem obvious when you hear them, but in the moment they can be big ahas, like in the same way that we're learning to be parents, Neo's learning how to live in this world and what a difficult new, experience that is. And, you know, I heard that early on about, uh, I think maybe our doula even said that to us, like, it's, you know, it's hard being a baby and, you know, cause we think it's hard to be parents. And so, you know, I appreciate that about grace. And I also appreciate this notion of, of the, uh, the evolution of self, because I think that for me, it was the pandemic that really started that evolution of self. Um, and then something just exploded with parenthood and I have very much yet to understand or name what, who I am now as a parent, because so much of myself feels very much like myself, except for that everything is different. So I don't know how to actually contend with that, but the pandemic was a clearer evolution things I liked to do things, the, the amount of time I wanted to spend on stuff, the, the amount of extroversion I wanted to have TV shows, cooking, you know, everything started changing. And just to be able to check in and say, Hey, I'm different. And how are you different? And, and knowing that, you know, again, the foundation creates the platform for you to evolve within the relationship. So, you know, how, how is your relationship with your community different? I mean, there's so much has happened in the last two years. I knew it was going to be a big question. (laughs) It's a complicated question. Mm -hmm. I feel like the first part of the pandemic was essentially just shutting yourself off from community, like in every aspect. I mean, you know, talking about the folks in my life who have passed, like I haven't had a real funeral for either of them and in the way that we would have in the past, right? Like we've done a remembrance, we've done what we can, but not even being able to be with my family community or uh, the people that were her community or his community to, to celebrate lives has been, that, that's had, that had a huge impact on me. Um, not being able to take Malcolm uh, to be with his family in places like New York and Massachusetts and Texas, because every time we try to plan to go somewhere, the, the case numbers shoot up in the sky and, and he can't get vaccinated. Plus I'm also high risk. So we can't, I mean, we, we just don't have the ability to interact with our community in any of the ways that we thought that we would be able to lean in during this thing that, you know, for generations, people have had their families and their friends to help them do this. And, um, I think that, that that has had a huge impact on our both our relationship and I think on our parenting. Um, but in some ways it's been good. Like we've we've built some relationships that I didn't expect. Like uh, I was thinking about Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about? Well, yeah, I I think um, you know, I want to name that the I think there's a lot of grief for me about how the pandemic has impacted our community because parenting is something that feels like it should be a really community-based thing. And then you had to do it. We had to do it all alone. And like ushering in death with someone is supposed to be a community-based thing. And we had to do that alone. And so there was just a lot of like, you know, I think I'm still trying to feel through and process what that grief is, like exactly what the pieces of that are. So um, but I know it's there. So like, we're still trying to figure that piece out. I think the, and the pandemic also kind of felt like that moment in a relationship where like, you know, where you're like dating someone in the beginning and you're trying to figure out if it's, if it's real or serious or not. And then something happens where you have to make that choice sooner rather than later, where you're like, oh, you had a job offer somewhere and 
Now we need to figure out if we're supposed to move together. But I just dated you like three or four times. Like, I felt like there were all these moments with my friendships where I had to figure out, like, are you an inside the pandemic pod person or outside the pandemic pod person? And that's a really awkward conversation to start to have. Like, all of a sudden it was like, do I trust you to wear a mask when you told me you would? Like, do I trust you to be proactive about telling me about your COVID exposure? Which weren't the kind of things that I was thinking about with my when I was choosing my friends in the beginning. It was like, we all like to go to the same event. We all went to the same church. We all did the same social justice activities. And all of a sudden I felt like the pandemic put a different weight on friendships than, than like I would have wanted to have. So then we had to make all these choices, right? About like who's in, who's, who, who do we in, invite into our home and who do we you know, have these more, like where do we mitigate risk, that type of thing. Um, but I think what emerged out of it was we got really, really clear about who our chosen family is. Like I feel like not only down with Marcus, but I'm like, okay, I know who my three or four people are that like when we have to shut down shop, we will be there for each other, you know? Um, which I think I don't, I don't think I would have gotten pre-pandemic, right? And I'm it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious because you know, that happened to us as well. And I think, you know, there's inevitably there's grief in the loss. And so that can sometimes overshadow what uh, was potentially a natural evolution or, I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, the pandemic happened, it's, you know, virus, which is a natural thing. And so, you know, it, it elevated certain things to the surface and just, it had, some things had to change. And, and then you're right. Like I got super close. We both had very deepened relationships in areas that had not previously been deepened. Um, so it's a lot of change, but, you know, I can't say that it's all bad, you know, even with the, the grief of it and the, and the, the epicness of it, like the, the, the really unexpected changes is what I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I don't think it's all bad either. I think we kind of came out good. with like, like now we know who who's willing to do life with us, right? I mean, I think there are people that you spend a lot of time with or that we were carving out time for who were like our intellectual buddies, right? I mean, I, I think I'm naming just because we do, we like to be in the social justice realm and having those conversations, right? Like all the people who are going to talk to you about bringing down capitalism. And then, you know, but, but who's going to actually be there with you when, you know, you've, you've cleaned up your, your mother-in-law's poop and you're cleaned up your baby's poop and you're just exhausted and you have no idea where the food's going to come from next or like who's going to actually make dinner. Um, and then they're and the also friends. can't go anywhere. We're going to sit in my yard and just stare at each other from six feet away. Right. 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 Who's, and who's so down like, for that? Who's down for that? The awkward, like, I'm just going to sit with you and hold your grief and exhaustion and like not make you feel awkward about that. I, I it was a beautiful thing to figure out like who are the people who could do that and who could hold that space and and letting them hold that space for us I think you know Marcus and I are used to being very like independent it's us like we can figure out all the problems on our own and all of a sudden now it's like there are people in our world right now who not only can hold things with us but would be offended if we didn't let them hold nothing (laughs) hold things with us um and so I think i I, I don't know about you, but like I've grown in my ability to just let people be there for me. Um, and, and I think that's a really beautiful thing aside from just those relationships. I mean, that's what I was going to add is I think the friendships that, that have survived and come through also align really well with who we are on the other side of the pandemic. Like the folks that kind of fell off were friends with the old version of me, right? Like, and uh, one of the reasons that I think a lot of those friendships have shifted into whatever they are now, they're you know, many different things is because just a lot of those interests are gone. A lot of those parts of me are not the same. And I don't have, like, even if we, even if the pandemic disappeared right now and we were all able to go back to life kind of as it was before all of this started, I wouldn't be into doing the things that we used to do as friends. So um, I think it's just also just a growth piece. Like we, we've grown into new people and and the relationships that we have now are, are really great for the people that we are right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the intellectual parts of us are gone too. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. So <laughs> I, I'm willing to like analyze the think piece for hours. Like I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> no, no, but five and I'm done. <laughs> but, I, but but you know we really appreciate that. This has been a big topic of conversation on our home too. So yeah, and I I just want to say I appreciate that you're all's answers. I I, I think that that is 
you know, that's, that's one of the more, I think, authentic answers about our community and our friendships that, that we've gotten to that question. So I, I appreciate that. And I, and I just, I appreciate your all's kind of em, embrace of the change that's occurred. And I think that that's a lesson for, for all of us coming out of this pandemic is, is, you know, how can we embrace change and, and how can we grow from that um, and integrate it into our lives, our communication and our partnerships. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, Neo. Hey, we hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Reading Aloud podcast. If you're interested in learning more or inquiring about working directly with Mighty Souls Fashion Therapy or Adam's Modern Man Training, you can totally do that. You can find Mighty Soul at soulreflection.com. That's S-O-L reflection.com or follow her on social media at soulreflection. You can email Adam directly at adam at modern-man.org. We hope to hear from you. Now let's get back to today's conversation. During this two-year pandemic, is has there been weird like COVID-related habits that you've picked up or weird COVID-related things that, that have now become part of your lives? I buy gloves for everything now. <laughs> like I got- buy gloves for everything. The, yeah, early in the pandemic, I bought like, you know, the hand sanitizer, the gloves, the mat. I had all of the things before they announced that we needed the things. And for a while, like once we got past the phase of like washing all of the groceries, um, oh I ran out of reasons to use the gloves. <laughs> and so in the last, I'd say like last three or four months, I'm like, oh, I can use gloves to like cook dinner. And like, I don't have to mess up my hands. And so like <laughs> now it's like just something that I use. Uh, but yeah, I that's mean, amazing. That's also one of the best answers that we've gotten that you just now <laughs> use gloves, right? You're like, I'm brushing my teeth and I don't really feel like touching it. That's awesome. I mean, I think, I think our baby is, I guess I want to say something about our baby and not, not me, which is like his pandemic habit is we can't leave masks out around him because if he sees a mask, he will automatically like have a temper tantrum if, if an adult doesn't put it on themselves. Um, so he will and just correctly. like, and correctly. It over your so it, yeah. If it's not over your nose, he will like, oh, that's amazing though. Make a noise <laughs> about, and then like lift it and put it up. Yes. Lift it and put it up towards your nose. Now we haven't gotten him to want to put on a mask himself. But he has a lot, you know, so it's gotten to the point where like, we can't leave masks out around the house. Like I tuck them into like a bin in a specific spot. Otherwise he will just kind of chase me with it and be like, ah, the cool part is that um, he likes to cuddle with it though. So like once he gets it on your face correctly, he just wants you to like kiss him and hug him and all of the things. It's really interesting. So <laughs> it's a pandemic baby trait. That is a weird <laughs> pandemic, but it's also like, we have to expect, I mean, this is the environment with which they're learning in. So it's, Oh, it's sad and it's, but it's also really funny. <laughs> yeah. We're like, at some point we will have to probably break him up this habit or, you know, I, I think the goal of our parenting is not to, um, it, our unofficial goal of our parenting is, is um, to limit the amount of therapy our baby needs, but not eliminate it. Like, we're just going to understand that something there's going to be the something, right? And I think this might be one of those things. He's going to have to talk to someone about his mask. But he um, won't be alone. There's like a whole crew of whole generation. Whole generation. Well, uh, we wrapping up. Well, I, I was going to go off on another tangent because I just feel like I just really believe like our our littles that have come into the world on this side of things have. So they're coming, they're entering into a new world. Um, maybe that'll make sense from a, even a sci fi perspective that there's like a, a new world order kind of thing. And it was that weird. Why did you laugh? No, yeah, they're they're yeah. born for this time. No, some people freak out when people say new world order. That's what I thought when I said it. That's oh, what I thought. Yeah. Okay. We no, but we understand. <laughs> like a little 1984. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. Sorry. But you weren't, I don't think anybody thought that you were meaning it like that. But no, yeah. I'm a, I want to clarify. I am not talking about some big brother shit. I'm talking about. That's happening too. Well, <laughs> yeah, that is. A, no, that's the reality. What I'm talking about is this spiritual new world order of the that we're really looking towards a more just world, a more spiritual world, a more, um, 
open, enlightened. I mean, there's lots of examples of that uh, in astrology, in religion, in, you know, I, did y'all ever read the book, the, um, yeah, emerging maybe or something, but anyways, yeah. So, you know, it was like these lots of examples of these different um, new ways of living. And so anyways, that was going to be my tangent. It's just like, it's cool. Our babies are part of that. And, and, and we get to teach them how to move forward in this world. And I think probably most parents feel like that and hope that their children do better than they did or their, you know, past generations, but still, I just, I feel so excited. And there's lots of little boys being born. There are. Okay. Okay. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Okay. It's very interesting. I mean, we're, we're eyeing the idea of a second baby and we're like obsessed with having a daughter. Yeah. And I just look around and I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of boys. Like we need some girls up in here. So y'all are considering a second baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's and- crazy, but we are. <laughs> no, not crazy. And, and are y'all, um, are you, would you, I mean, is this Pennsylvania place the place to be? I mean, what is it like it, you had good luck the first time? I'm just like, probably. I mean, yeah, most likely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're still looking around. I mean, agencies have so many different approaches to how they manage their adoption processes. And, and um, one of the things that we liked about this one is kind of their ethos about birth mom. So there isn't like pressuring a birth mom around her process and letting her and, or, or the birthing person, like, get to wherever they're going to get to yeah. with that decision. Like they don't even call you until. And, right. So, I, um, so we appreciated that. But I think the question for us remains still, um, if, if adoption is the process we're going to, we're going to use this time around or, fostering. I mean, or fostering, but we know that there's, there's a little girl in our future or someone who I, I <laughs> I'm like a baby who, who seems to be, well, the yeah. baby that is for us will be for us. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to leave room room for gender possibility and shifting mm-hmm. for this kid. Like we might already have our daughter. We don't know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. We've we've had we've had very similar conversations to that. Like, how do we, you know, navigate that with them? And for all we know, for all we know, be curious and and open to learning. Um, with everything that we see going on, we're shutting down. Just being able to talk and think about things and read books and and all that and. Anybody that's listening, just take the opportunity to learn everything that you can. Don't shut yourself off from education or from knowing something because you can't you can't see the cycles in this world if you don't learn about the past ones. And um, so, yeah, just stay curious. Thank you for that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.